All right, so we are here today with Greg Sestero, who you know from The Room, from The Disaster Artist, and now Best Friends, which opens in theaters on March 30th, correct? March 30th and April 2nd. March 30th and um, April 2nd. Yeah, it'll be nationwide, and I think here it's going to be in uh, Evansville. Yeah, pretty close, pretty close. So uh, today I want to talk to you about the making of Best Friends. So without giving anything away, tell me a little bit about the plot. So um, Best Friends was inspired by true events. Mm -hmm. You know, Tommy and I have had a 20-year friendship that now uh, became a book, The Disaster Artist, and became a film. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many um, just kind of interesting moments we've had together, Tommy being such a great character. <laughs> Um, you know, he, he can bring about, you know, comedy. And, and so I always feel like he, there was a great Hitchcock character in Tommy that just <laughs> hasn't that. been, hasn't been done yet. <laughs> and, and I feel like ever since the room, people have kind of tried to put him in a box of like this kind of caricature and, you know, pressing a button, having yell, you're tearing me apart. He's kind of become a bobblehead in right. a way. Or like, you know, just like, like a circus animal in a way. And so... I've always really believed that he's got something very interesting to offer and, and, be, and take him seriously, and no one's really done that. Mm -hmm. And I knew after The Disaster Artist that there was, it intrigued me to try, you know, it intrigued me knowing him this long, knowing him better than anybody else, I feel like he trusts me, this was the time to try to make a serious film, something that I would be passionate about with him in an interesting role that's stripped away from the room, no no footballs, no spoons, right. and, and really try try to go out and make a film. So it's really it's a it's a you know takes place in Los Angeles. Um, it's these two you know very different uh, people. I'm a drifter. He's a mortician. We're lonely. It's almost like this this relationship in this film kind of resurrects our our lives and our souls in a lot of ways and. We come together and we form this very strange underground business, um, and we start making making money, and things start to go wrong. So, I always um, try to pick films that have inspired me, and, and and out of that make your own film. And so, I think with this one, you could kind of see it as Nightcrawler meets a Simple Plan. Trust me, friendship before money. Can you say that? Yeah. What? Huh. Trust me, friendship before money. Right. Yeah. I have a good story for you. A familiar story. One guy meet another in a big city. They have dream, but something changed. Greed, hatred, and jealousy. You understand the words? We took a road trip after we made the room that was uh, bizarre mm -hmm. and um, something about that experience 
I tapped into and I went with it and it kind of, it, it was the foundation of a story that I had to build something around. Are there any like things that happen in real life that might show up in the movie? Yeah, it was a lot of it's a lot of oh, sacred life. In fact, the, the whole setting of the business and everything that, that takes place huh? is something that is, that is, is based on true events as well. Excellent. So, um, yeah, it was, I, I didn't want to make another film unless I really went for it. Cause I think one of the great things about the room is how authentic it is. Sure. And you know we can judge things and say they're bad or good, but I think something's going to stick around if it's if it's authentic. And so that's right. the way I approached this project. And I took it seriously, and Tommy took it seriously, yeah. and we worked uh, really hard to try to make something new uh, right. to surprise you know our fans that have supported us for so many years. Sure. Yeah. I know your first script was a sequel to Home Alone, which you wrote as a kid. Uh, tell me about like. Uh, the process, like once you realize there was a, a good story there, like tell me about like taking that and making it into a script and how long it took you to write it and kind of the technical aspects. For Home Alone? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> no, for that one, uh, yeah, that's a, uh, that one unfortunately didn't work out. <laughs> Childish scrawl, I right. call it. Um, you know what, that's the thing about Best Friends that I, that to me was fascinating because I had been trying for quite some time to to write a, a TV show because mm -hmm. I, I really gotten into the new wave of TV shows Breaking Bad sure. Fargo True Detective yeah. and I really love that idea of telling a story in ten, eight to ten episodes mm -hmm. so I've been working on that for quite a while and I get about halfway and I couldn't figure it out and that's really the tough thing when people talk about being creative it's like finish what you're trying to do but you get to a point where you just don't know where it's going anymore and you don't know if you believe in it. And, and you just think, what's the point of this getting made? Who's going to see this film right. or this TV show? And so when I got the idea of writing a character for Tommy, for us to be in a new film together, um, I just sat down and started working around these true events that, that happened yeah. and really kind of focusing in on characters. Because I think that's what really makes a story work is, is the dynamic between the two characters. And because I know Tommy so well, because we've had such a, you know, bizarre friendship. Mm -hmm. There's so much to work with. Hey, how did you just start that? Yeah, it's automatic. You know, it's a new technology. I can start a hundred miles from here. Is this your car? <laughs> yes, it's mine. It's my dream car. I love this car. I treat myself as my little baby. It's a one of a kind. And I say, yeah, I'm a one of a million too, right? I'm a special, I'm unique. So I say, give me a discount. He give me the discount, you know? I pay only $80,000. You spent $80,000 yeah, on this car? Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm, my blue baby, oh! I can lick it, oh! Come on, let's go for a spin. I just sat down, um, and within four days, the whole story came together. Oh, wow. and, and I had been trying for months to complete something. And I think you know when you have something and you get to a point where you're telling the story and you're discovering it as it's coming. I think a lot of writers love to outline and really kind of a plan of where they're going. But with this story, I didn't know where it was going, and that was it was interesting to me to approach it that way. And when I got close to the end or when I started to feel it, I knew that I really wanted to tell the story. Because sure. when I got to the end, there's a feeling you get when you, when you complete something. And it's usually a very you know, gratifying feeling. And that's how I felt with this. 
Um, but yeah, it was came together in four days. Wow! And, so, um, so the, the story, yeah, the whole okay, story. Right. So, so then you obviously, you know, you got to write the script. Sure. But I really wanted to get get it on film. I really wanted to at least capture scenes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how it came together. We shot a few scenes and put together this quick little idea of what this could be. And once we saw that it could, it, it could work, we then I got to, you know got down to actually writing. The whole, the whole script. So you shot like a sample trailer sort of or something? Just yeah, yeah, just to see what it would what it would feel like, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of times something's in your head and it works, and then you put it on film and you're like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but um, but no, I, yeah, it, it came together uh, very quickly. Was that sample trailer done with the director you ultimately got for the movie? Or? No, it was just um, you know, it was just a few few people that I knew, and mm-hmm. we shot some scenes, and we're like, okay, this, I, it helped me figure out what the aesthetic should be, and you know, it just kind of getting the ball rolling and then I realized what really needed to be done to make it into a film. So it was a huge challenge to do, but um, you know, again it was it was really rewarding to, to make this film. So as somebody who's written a couple of scripts now, like what would your advice be to somebody who wants to go from like writing short stories to scripts? I would say this was my first script. Oh okay. really I mean I'm alone I don't know if you can well, <laughs> I don't know if you can count that. Um, so this is yeah, this is my first script. I think just attacking it, mm-hmm. just getting in there and writing it, and, I, and I, I noticed a lot of scenes that I wrote were way too long, yeah. because it was just a lot of conversations, a lot of stuff that you're trying to get across that you don't need, and you learn as you go. But I think if you don't get something written and don't get it done, you'll never learn. Um, so I just went through and, and, and again the discovery process, letting something breathe, mm-hmm. letting your story kind of evolve and not being too stuck on things, was helpful getting feedback from readers and being like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I, I, I don't know if the character, because a lot of times the characters are, de- are developed in your mind, right? but they're not developed on the page because you, you already know them, but the audience doesn't know them yet. Sure. And then it's finding, finding, you know, the line of, you know, expanding them too much or explaining too much and, and also let, not letting your audience figure out for themselves. So mm-hmm. I would just go at it every day, start in the morning and just, just write as much as I could and, and, backtrack and say, okay, this scene, I don't need it, I can cut this, I can move this, and a lot of times you write the same scene a couple times, you don't really realize it until later, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, you can cut back and decide which scene is stronger, and so, I think, um, I think watching watching movies, knowing, um, knowing what the story that you want to tell, knowing how it's going to open, and how to get across, you know, you can get a whole scene across just with one, one establishing shot, or one one moment or an expression. So watching movies, listening to movie soundtracks is something that I love to do yeah. when I write it. It inspires you to try to tell your story. So, yeah, read. Do you read a lot of scripts too? And you know what? Pick a couple great scripts of films that you love and see how they were able to to, to write the script and then transition it to a film. Because really, the script a lot of times is just a blueprint sure. for the film you're making. It's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so surround yourself with stuff that, that you love, that inspires you, that's well done, and try to merge with that. Don't worry, Ninja man, you're safe here. You will now meet my friend, Mr. Lester Green, a victim of robbery in a grocery store. He took bullet for his wife. He saved his wife, and I have to give him beautiful face. I cannot send him to paradise as a monster. No, 
I have to change this. I have to give him beautiful faith. Yeah, I would do that. The face of Gary Grant or James Dean, that's what he needs. What do you think? Talk, talk about the difference between writing The Disaster Artist, the book, and writing Best Friends, the script. Then talk about how it felt to have The Disaster Artist on the big screen. You know, the goal with The Disaster Artist was for it to become its own film. So so I approached it in a way that that was the goal, you know? So it's like building these characters. It's not it's not just about ma the making of a bad film. Mm -hmm. it, it, you're starting out knowing these two opposite people who became friends mm -hmm. and, and, and letting that story really be featured. Um, you know, and again, studying books that became films. So, you know, the fact that it got turned into a film was uh, was incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of like the goal, the, the dream that you shoot for. Right. Um, so many great books get optioned, get talked about, being turned into films and it never happens. Yeah. So, um, but it gave me a great um, confidence and understanding then to approach writing Best Friends. I took kind of the similar approach mm -hmm. of, again, I was writing the same, the same two characters. Right. You know, you're basically writing Tommy and Greg, but just shifted. Kind of different you know, situation. In a different situation. But I knew the kind of story that I wanted to evolve into. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's a lot easier when you know the characters you're writing for and their strengths right. and, and their weaknesses as well. So, uh, yeah, the disaster has just taught me a lot. You know, I got to work with a really great co author, Tom Bissell. Right, yeah, he's awesome. Who, um, you know, you realize a lot of stuff you write that you don't need, and you ask the right questions, and that's what I tried to do. I tried to learn from my experiences with the, with the disaster artist and, and take that and try to make a film. After you got the Best Friends script completed, what was your step after that? Did you start like sending out to studios, or, or did you just like maybe hit friends up and uh, get, get people you know and respected already and on the production? Yeah, I, I've, I've had a group of friends that, that also helped with the disaster artist that I would just send chapters to, and, mm -hmm. and ju just you just gotta feel like what the response is. You sure. know, a lot of times your friends are gonna be supportive, but you can tell if there's a lot of enthusiasm there. You know, and I'm lucky that I've had people come back to me like, hey, I like this, but maybe this could be clear. You're coming off this way. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I did with the script, kind of every step of the way. Once I got kind of halfway through, I would send it to friends and they, you know, give advice. And I was working with the um, the, the director that I, was, that I was planning to work with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we worked together on it and just kind of crafted it and got, got their feedback and just kind of just kept evolving it to seeing what could work. A lot of times you have these... Again, big ideas that are that are going to be really unrealistic to shoot. Right. Um, so that's the other thing is kind of scaling down what you're trying to tell and doing it in a way that's you know not you don't need special effects or trains or right. all these <laughs> ridiculous locations. Yeah, people aim too high. Yeah, you like a really bad CGI or something. Well, yeah, you can tell a story just someone walking through the door. You don't have to you know take it too far. And so I learned that through this process. Mm -hmm. You know, I, working with what you have. A lot of times you think you need something. That you really don't. Um, again, if you're if you're working with an unlimited budget, then it doesn't matter. But uh, it pushes you to to to, to figure out what you, what story you're trying to tell. So, yeah, I just I just kept revising it, trying to trying to let it breathe and and um, hone in on the story I was trying to tell with a, with a good team of people helping. How did uh, you find your director and your cast and everything? Did it, did you uh, put put that together and sell it to a studio? This this is one part of like filmmaking that I'm not as familiar with, like the the business end of things, I guess. No, I had a yeah, I had a friend who uh, who I'd worked with, um, you know, and, and I really, you know, we spoke the same language with film, and um, so it was very clear what, kind of what we what we wanted to do. So we just basically put the team together and went out and, and made it. Right. That's um, great. You know, I I'm lucky that I've 
you know, been able to meet a lot of great people and mm -hmm. that, that were able to help with the film. So we just kind of dove right into it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times when you're enthusiastic and really want to make something, you need to strike when you have that feeling because other things get involved, life happens, and you just kind of never end up making something. Right. So we just went for it. We had a window of time, you know, it finished the disaster artist. That was going to come out in a certain period of time. We just spent the entire year making these films. The stuff you're saying that kind of reminded me of the movie we shot here at the library, Volumes of Blood. We would actually come in about 30 minutes before the library closed on weekends, and we would have like a set amount of time. We had to be out of the building on I think 2 a.m. So just marathon filmmaking like the whole night and nobody was really getting paid. It was all just a labor of love. And you know, that comes through in the final movie for sure. And I'm, I'm sure it will in Best Friends as well. Um, so um, I know the premieres coming up, normally when I do these filmmaker interviews, I always talk about the premieres. Can you, uh, can you tell me, uh, I guess first about the shooting, any, any good stories I, I would imagine. I, I, I followed the Instagram account, so I, I, I've kept up with a little bit. So some amazing stuff on there. I highly suggest you all uh, go follow that. Um, any, any sort of fun stories from the shoot? Uh, anything you learned that you plan on applying in future projects and just kind of general shoot talk and then the premiere? Yeah, um, again, just working with Tommy every day is an adventure. Yeah. There, was, there was one scene in particular, I don't want to spoil anything, but watching him get choked by a clown was something <laughs> I'll never forget. It was the most amazing moment I've had on a set that sounds ever. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it's amazing what you can do when you just commit with a group of people that want to make something yeah. that it can happen. And I think pre-production is so important mm -hmm. knowing what you want to do. Um, figuring all that stuff out, putting in that work, the three phases of really preparing for your shoot daily crafting and, and chiseling your story and, and how you want to approach it and being as prepared as possible um, is, is something that I learned is very important. Uh, making a film is kind of like going to war. You don't know what's going to come your way. You're going to deal with weather. You're going to deal with things that are out of your control. The more prepared you are, the better your product's going to be. Sure. And then I've also learned how important it is to get the word out about your project, to connect with people, to make, you know, to let them know why they, why they should see your film. Yeah. Um, but just, yeah, with shooting, I think um, the most important thing is, is having a vision of, of the story you want to tell, the films that you love. And, you know, there's, there's so many amazing scenes and shots that exist every day when you're filming. But if you don't do the preparation, you may, you may miss those moments. So yeah. um, on set, there was just really some wacky moments. Yeah. Tommy and I playing basketball playing basketball while he was in platform heels. Um, you know, see, I mean, every scene in the movie is just, is out there, so yeah. I feel it's... It's a very visually appealing film just based on the trailer alone. Like, it's, the colors are vivid. It looks like, looks excellent. I'm, I'm super stoked to see it, for sure. But so, the, the premiere, that's uh, next week, you said? Yeah, it's going to be at the Egyptian Theater, oh, wow. um, which should be a lot of fun. It's going to be 15 years, you know, since we had a premiere. For the room, so right. it's a little different. We're going to be on Hollywood Boulevard this time, nice. um, which is where Tommy originally wanted the room to be. Sure. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to enjoying it. I mean, one of the things you you got to do, you put in the work, and you got to just go and enjoy it. And, you know, you, you, the film now is what it is, mm -hmm. and I think um, you can just kind of sit back and see people's response, and, and hopefully they dig it. And yeah. um, yeah, just just hope for the best. Yeah, well, thanks for chatting with us. Uh, any any plugs or anything you wanna wanna throw out there outside of the movie? Um, um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, Best Friends is gonna be out there in the theaters. It's gonna be out on DVD and VOD hopefully in the next few months. And um, 
we made volume two. Yeah, that's genius, right? Which uh, is, if you think of the first one as like an L.A. noir film, the next one is uh, kind of a desert desert thriller. Oh, so wow. that sounds so awesome. we're covering where we at. We're covering everything. Great. But um, no, it's it's been the last year of making films, and um, I really hope you guys dig it. Yeah, definitely. Will. Uh, you got, I guess we'll end by uh, talking about the future. You got anything lined up next, or you just concentrate on best friends right now? So the next thing I want to do is make a horror film. Oh wow! Cool. Um, something totally different. You know, I think you know, there's the room, there's disaster artist. You know, these films working with Tommy again was something I hadn't done in a long time, um, which was a great challenge, and I enjoyed it a lot. And the next thing I like to do is just make something completely away. Mm. The room, and having no ties to anything, just totally challenge myself in a, in a different way. You ever so. think about directing? Ah, I know. You know what? After working on these films, I realized what a talent and how difficult it is to direct. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah. I think I prefer kind of creating the story and working with the director. I was very lucky to work. It seems, with it seems like directing would be a big headache for sure. Uh, yeah, no, but I was a lot of people to please. <laughs> I was lucky to work with a great job, Justin McGregor, who directed. Uh, these films and you, you said know. he was like a room fan from way back right yeah he saw the room when he was like 16 <laughs> and so but but again like, he loves film yeah you know appreciates the room but but we both agree you know you got to go out and make something ambitious you can't just kind of sit back and try to do the whole exactly so that it's good and so yeah I, I just learned how big of a job directing is so i can see shots i can i can imagine what they could be but actually doing them it's probably something that's going to take me a while to, to want to jump into that. So for now, storytelling is what I love to do. That's cool. I'll definitely look forward to that. What about a book? You think everything about writing another book? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, what I've tried to do now is just kind of jump right into telling a story right. and then having it filmed, sure. you know? So um, that's what I'd like to continue to do, hopefully. Cool. Well, we'll look forward to seeing all the future stuff from you, man. Thanks definitely. so much Thanks for, so much for having us. me back. Absolutely. Yeah.